2: 35 years later, Bias' legacy is still making an impact. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, this is What If, the Lynn Bias story. I'm Jordan ritter
0: This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is gonna be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car, Is there? Learn more at StateFarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Make this summer the best one yet. Invest in a Simply Safe home security system. I have one. I love it. It's a great way to protect your home when you're not there. Um, you need one, especially during the summer. You know what burglars know? People go away during the summer. That's what happens. So when you're away, you want to make sure your place is protected. You want to make sure that you potentially have little camera things you can watch on your phone to see what what's happening. At your house, at your front door, inside. You deserve some peace of mind. Get it today with Simply Safe. Right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We're also brought to you by the ringer.com as well as the Ringer Podcast Network. Put up a new rewatchables on Monday night. We did Stripes, 40th anniversary. Me and Brian Coppelman breaking down a Bill Murray classic, trying to explain why this was one of the most iconic comedies of the 80s. Still kind of holds up too, got to be honest. Coming up, Joe House and I are going to break down an absolutely bizarre, compelling Suns Clippers game, too. We're talking a little John Rom and a uh, little basketball, too. And then the uh, Ringer Lottery show that we did, the live show, me, Kevin O'Connor, Big Waz, Kyle Mann. Uh, we were just reacting as it was going. It was an unusually crazy lottery with all the uh, subplots of teams that might lose picks, could keep their picks, all that stuff. So uh that is gonna run after me in house. First, our friends from ProJab. <laughs> All right, Joe House is here. It is almost 9.15 here, Pacific time on the West Coast. House stayed up past midnight on the East Coast. House, I apologize. Usually when we were growing up, NBA playoff games were like two hours, 20 minutes, two hours, 30 minutes. This one was over three hours. There was a ref review every five seconds, but it ended up with an amazing ending. The Suns, 0.8 seconds left on the clock. Alley-oop to DeAndre Ayton, as everybody thinks, wait, was that goaltending? And it's like, no, you can't have goaltending. It's not a shot. It's a live ball. So the Suns end up winning. And I think we call it the, uh, it's either the Alley oop or the Ayton-oop. What do you like I, more? I like, I like D'Ali-oop. That's better. Alley oop Alley oop The Suns and Clippers, the, they played in 2006. It's the closest the Clippers have ever really come to making the finals because that t- season was wide open and there was this famous Daniel Ewing game where game four, they're about to take a 3-1 lead over the Suns. Uh, they're down three. The The Suns are down three. Timeout. Dunleavy brings in Daniel Ewing, who your stands old, a little... Yeah, my Mike old buddy, Mike Dunleavy. And he's too far away from Raja Bell, now belonging to the ringer. <laughs> what foe? And Raja makes the three, goes into <laughs> overtime. Suns win. This felt equally devastating. I felt like the the Clips had to steal one of these two with no Chris Paul and no no Kawhi either. But to now go down 0-2, Chris Paul is eventually coming back. Uh, this was a devastating Clippers loss.
3: I don't think it was devastating necessarily because this Clippers team, in the in the configuration that they have, they I think they have. Uh, kind of the resiliency to come back from a 2-0 down. We we keep seeing this out of out of Tai Like they're playing a long game. This this series feels to me like a 7-game series. And all of the mixing and matching with lineups to um address on the fly not having Kawhi, I think there's a kind of an experiment going on here. And I I'm not I'm not prepared to make any uh declarations about the the ultimate outcome of this. Like the the Clippers had ten ways to win this game. The Suns had ten ways to win this game. This was a classic game too, between two deep teams. It was a rock fight. The role players took over in the fourth quarter. We got tons of Patrick Beverly. We got tons of Luke Kennard. Uh, we got who 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 from the Suns was was uh, doing stuff right at the end that I'm forgetting. Well,
0: I mean, Cameron Payne had twenty nine points in the Payne, game. Payne Payne, campaign <laughs> campaign had, campaign campaign. I'll say this. I agree with you. The Clips have been down 0-2 every round now. I'm not counting them out. I think why this was devastating was this game was on the platter for you. you're up one, you get fouled. Paul George is at the line with a chance to put a three, misses both. And now the Suns could say, well, we were down one and Booker dribbled the ball out of bounds. We did a review and by one one hundredth of a split second in super slow-mo, it was clear that even though Beverly poked the ball out, it kind of went off Booker's hand. I hated that call. We can talk about it later. Um, but the Clips, you just feel like you have two free throws to, to basically clinch the game. You get, don't get them. You get a stop on the inbound pass and Bridges misses the three from the corner, wide open, set play. And then you don't get the rebound. And then on top of everything else, it's clear the only play they have a chance to run there is eight and alley-oop. You bring Cousins in. Cousins isn't even positioned properly between the inbounder and the alley p- pass. And the, and
3: the basket. I couldn't agree more. So he gets like a
0: free look right at the rim. And then Aiton, it's like one pick. Of course that was going to be the play.
3: The the There is a whole, I, and I really don't care to do this because I'd like the last half hour of my life back. That game should have been <laughs> over at 1130 at night Eastern. Yeah. We didn't need the extra 35 minutes. And the the parade of horribles that occurred in, in that last two minutes of of actual basketball time uh, is too numerous. I don't want to relive the sequence, but I that the observation you made just now about Cousins being in the wrong spot, about the fact that the Clippers again asked for a review of the out of bounds play, which have had the effect of giving the Suns the ability to go diagram yeah, the uh, fake play. Yeah. With eight, eight tenths left, they didn't have to do that, but that's the the, the clip. They, well, we we were successful with it one time. Let's get another review and give the Suns another free timeout. And on top of that, how can Zubak not be prepared for the back screen? How could he not be prepared for Aiton going to the basket? How is and, it possible he got back screen?
0: And once again, like with the Daniel Ewing play, they bring in the ice cold DeMarcus Cousins to defend the inbounds pass, and he's not in the right spot. Not in the right hey spot. Hey, Marcus. you have to be between the inbounder and the basket so they can't throw an alley-oop. That's why you're in there.
3: And so the inbounder doesn't have the perfect look at the basket. At least put your big body and your big arms in front of his eyes, for Christ's sakes. then but the whole thing was infuriating. And Zubac gets blindsided by the back pick.
0: This was a really chippy game. I loved it. it reminded I loved me, it, too. When we were in college, when there was those weird 89, 90, when there were all these weird playoff matchups all of a sudden, but all the games were great. It and was you'd a- have like Phoenix, Portland and Portland, San Antonio. And these matchups were like, wow, this is a playoff series. And they were always awesome. I mean,
3: it was a, it was a Pat Bev kind of game, right? I mean, pet Bev was out there putting his face into places and flopping. And, you know, uh, that was, a, we got the full he, Pat see, Beverly get-
0: experience. He
3: got shoved
0: by Devin Booker after the
3: 8 and alley-oop. It seemed like all chaos
0: broke. Booker, they were trash-talking the whole game, and Booker just ended up shoving him away. But it was super chippy. And uh, I got to say, like, I'm with you. I don't think this series is over. But I was really surprised the Clippers lost. You and I live bet the Clippers in oh, yes, the we did. Of third quarter. It was like almost three to one. Maybe we're partially to blame for it. But it just felt like the kind of game that they would steal all year. And I think when I look at this Clipper team, you mentioned about the different lineups and stuff. There, There's a Isaiah's piston y kind of feel to the team. I'm not talking from a talent standpoint, but yeah. they, they go 9-10 deep. And you kind of, from series to series, different guys evolve into... Crunch time people, like today, we had Beverly, Kennard, and Zubats are all playing in crunch time. And in the previous series, Kennard basically didn't play at all until game five, game six, and Zubats wasn't out there ever. But in this series, you know, it's a malleable lineup. Paul George is really the only constant in Kawhi, but Kawhi's been out. But it's basically, we have Paul George. We have no idea who the other four people are going to be game to game, series to series. And Lou has a really good feel for the roster. Like, he did it again today. He had the right guys out there. They
3: came back, took the lead. They should have won. I totally agree with that. I have a, a question for you. I want to see if you agree with this. For For some reason, even though this game, this, the shooting was not outstanding, it had a rock fight feel, it had a gritty feel, I I just, I don't know, my basketball eyes... So prefer seeing this Western conference, these games than the Eastern conference, the Eastern conference games have been driving me insane that, that the, the bucks and and the nets and the Hawks and the Sixers, there's so many dumb mistakes. There's so many missed opportunities, these games, this feels more like, I, I feel like there's strategy. I feel like, you know, guys are getting an opportunity and making the most of the opportunity and I don't know why the aesthetics of this appealed. You know, if you look at the numbers, it's not like it was, anybody had a great shooting night. And it's not yeah. like, you know, we are missing uh, Chris Paul and, and Kawhi Leonard, two first ballot Hall of Famers. And yet, for whatever reason, I prefer to watch this game than anything I've seen out of the Eastern Conference in like, yeah, the I last
0: like, five games. One of the things I like, we were always so worried about basketball is becoming this uniform way to play, right? Where it was just like, all right, everybody just shoots threes and, you know, you go a little hero ball at the end and we don't have the variety that like we grew up with. I think one of the reasons I like these two teams is they can, they can go small. They can, it's a two Dirk Diggor teams, right? They can fuck fast. They can fuck slow. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I can do it both ways. I can do it yeah. bo- both ways. Jack, uh, should I use the Spanish accent? Jack, I can do it both ways, Jack. Um, how about the the return of the mid range? Yeah, there, there's a mid range game on both sides of it, the ball. I think that's
0: what we both like. There's there's shot making. Like they were talking, and Booker is who was, Booker who was bad today. Booker was five for sixteen.
3: This is what and I'm the, saying. It's and like the Suns
0: in general were six for twenty six from three. Right. I know, but but they always you hear like with Booker, like he gets to that spot. He, you know, it. They, there's guys on both teams who are like, I'm going to get to that spot and shoot a 16 footer.
4: And shot, you go in the East yeah. Coast,
0: the, the Eastern Conference, just not as many of those guys.
3: He got to a spot and made his shot with whatever it was that, you know, 10 seconds left for 27 seconds. Left. seconds like, F- there yeah. you go. There, That's what it was. I couldn't remember. But, right, of course. I mean, and and Paul that's, George, that's same a, thing. A pure basketball play and the exact same thing for, for Paul George, although we got to call him. I got to give shouts to Cousin Sal. Playoff PU. You're at the free throw line with a chance to go nah. on three. You got to go, You gotta make the free throws. I mean, uh, uh, you can't be playoff P and miss two free throws. I'm going to defend playoff P because I <laughs>
0: thought he was awesome in the Utah series. I think he's carrying a huge, huge load in these games. He played That's 41 minutes again tonight. And by the way, I I meant to say this on Sunday's pod. They got fucked with that game one on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, they had to play the Friday night game. There was an open Monday night last night. They had no games. Like, Guess what? You could have played the game know, seven. Just have the game seven Sunday night. Let that be
3: the only game. Yeah. And then or play and then play. And by the Hawk way, Sixers that, on Monday night, the three o'clock game was on Father's Day up against the U.S. Open. Yeah, I don't was need terrible. to see game one of Suns Clippers up against the U.S. Open. I got to watch John Rahm. I mean, can you
0: imagine if they had done that to the Lakers and the Lakers had won this grueling game six on a Friday night and had to play 36 hours later in Phoenix, LeBron, the pity party that would have happened (laughs) from LeBron, Uh, (laughs) the leagues, leagues cracking down on us again. It's like, Oh, it's the Clippers. Let's just completely fuck them over. It was a real disadvantage. It was basically you're in a no win situation, that game, which I think why they experimented. But tonight was the game they had to steal and they didn't steal it. And they, they had it. It was sitting there. Really, from a Phoenix standpoint, Aiton had another great game, but I, I just think that might be who he is. He's shooting 60% for the entire playoffs. The one that is ridiculous is Cameron Payne goes 12 for 24, 29 points, nine assists, and is basically like doing as well as Chris Paul would have done. Well,
3: and we had, you know, the, on the other side in the previous series, Terrence Mann, we had the Terrence Mann game. I mean, this is what yeah. we're getting out of this Eastern Conference after Red Mamba himself brought home Game 7 for Atlanta Sunday night. This is a very interesting playoffs. We're getting these role players. who are getting opportunities to step up in, like, the biggest moments and then and then really following through, and we're seeing players with more notoriety that haven't been in giant playoff situations before kind of coming up with, with egg on their face. It's a really interesting uh, uh, playoffs in that respect. I, I wish we didn't have across the board, all of the injuries, but like we're getting some litmus tests moments here. Like we got a kind of a, a little more information about Aaron Gordon. I would say, mm. uh, it was interesting to see drew holiday shoot five for 23, uh, and look terrified. In, most yes, of those series. Yes, yeah. Yes. Uh, that, that's right. Uh, but he on, left you know, out,
0: but don't, don't forget Mr. Uh, Simmons on Philly. Well,
3: I mean, it, the, what's, what's left to say? He, he basically should not have played any fourth quarter. And in fact, he didn't play any fourth quarter. He, we, yeah. he ran around. He was a, a, a live body running around. You know what's shocking about this box score? Zubac
0: played 34 minutes. So you think about last series. Basically, they, didn't, they went small against Gobert. They didn't care. They knew he wasn't going to hurt them. They're afraid enough against Aiton that they felt like they had to play Zubac most of the game and Aton still was 12 for 15 uh 14 rebounds and was the best player in the game. And we we should talk about Ayton really quickly cuz even though we've talked about him before on the pod. I, it was a defensible pick over Luca. I never would have done it, but it w- I understood it cuz it's like if this guy can turn into a semi-franchise center that could be a 2010 guy who can protect the rim in the playoffs, that's a really nice piece to have next to Booker. He, he's been better than I thought. He's Incredibly likable, even in the I watched the interview right after the game, and he's just like, My coach has just told me what to do. all credit goes to them. It was a great pass by Jay. Every single word I've ever heard out of his mouth is like great teammate, super supportive, no ego at all, just wants to like help out. I think he really appreciates the Chris Paul thing. I think he loves playing with Booker, and he's like the ideal third guy that you would want on a team that has those two guards and I, I'm just stunned because I didn't see this coming four months ago. It just seemed like he was going to be not the Achilles heel, but kind of the wild card for them. It's like, do you trust him? Is he is he going to be in the right places in a playoff game? Is he going to fumble a, a perfect pass or any of that stuff? I think he's been lights out. I'm really impressed.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I'll give credit to both Aiton because there's de- definitely like a work ethic to that dude. He's definitely gotten better. Every year, he was there was a slow start for him and he had some missteps uh, early on. But like, you know, as he's grown, as the team has grown, as the franchise has grown, it is kind of a perfect uh, uh, confluence of events to put him in the very best position he could be in Devin Booker in the very best position he could be in Chris Paul, ironically, in the very best position he could be in. And that chemistry really works. And it's really having a, a, a nice cumulative effect on the overall, and they're, they're deep. We, we keep talking about Mikhail Bridges is good. He's a good two-way player. That and he three, wasn't good tonight, but he made a huge three in the last two minutes. And the one that he took at the end of the game, um, I thought it missed. was going in. It was online. It was online. Looked good to me. Payne is good. Uh, we made fun of Cam Johnson when he got picked. Cam Johnson's good. Cam Johnson has uh, a high basketball IQ. I am impressed by the Suns team. You've been on them. for. We've been talking about it for like, you know, Three months. You love the Suns team. I know, but I was a coward. I didn't pick them against the Lakers. I could have I
0: I went on the sports cards podcast and predicted, I was like, buy Trey Young cards. They have a real chance to make the Eastern finals. And somehow did didn't even really pick them to beat the Knicks. And then this Suns team, I was on the whole season and then I just got scared off. I think one of the things you saw tonight, they have a way of making the other team kind of come to their pace. You know, those Those yeah. Clips Jazz games are wide open. That's what the Clips want. They want to shoot threes. They want chaos. They want to scramble. And the Jazz, even with Cameron Payne, even without Chris Paul, it's they done. just kind—they of, know who they are. They want to slow it down a tiny bit. They want it to be a half-court game, and they and they eventually pull you into that house. I got to give you this: we have some uh, some live odds on Fanduel Sportsbook. Let's get on them. Clippers in six is now twenty to one. Clippers in seven
3: is now eleven to one. Oh, I'm going to bet that. I'm hundred percent. Get on that. Call call somebody for me. <laughs> uh, wait, in Colorado, wait, in Indiana, what? in West Virginia, <laughs> in Virginia. <laughs> wait, let's let's take a
0: break and we'll talk about some betting advice, and we'll talk about mm-hmm. the other series quickly. In John Ram. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game and And enter for your chance to win at mclobaltra.com slash courtside LDA 21 and up. All right. So House and I just talked about it over the break. Um, I do not think the Clippers are dead. I actually think they might have a better team. It doesn't mean the Suns can't win. I think it's close. I just think I trust them more as the series goes along. I already feel like, you know, look at the, the Suns bench tonight. They got a five for five from Cam Johnson. They got a four for nine from Sarge, and they got a twelve for twenty four from Payne. Now, no, granted, no Chris Paul, and you go on the Clippers side. Nobody on the Clippers played well. Clippers shot forty five percent. They made thirteen threes. I can't point to one person who was like, "Well, that guy was awesome." Usually, they get the awesome Reggie Jackson game and the awesome Marcus Morris game. They got neither. I also think, um, I think Kawhi will be back at some point. Oh, so and that's I think. That's I think the as reason. the series goes along, I think Ty Lue just has a really good feel for what to do as the series evolves. I'm not counting them out. Guess what? Home team's supposed to win the first two games,
3: house. That's exactly right. I agree with you. I don't think that the Clippers are better. I think it's a pretty even matchup. I think the Suns have the, the two uh, best players. I mean, it, you can quibble about uh, Paul George versus Booker, and I think they're going to go back and forth. I think that's but even. The third best player is Ayton. I, I mm, think the third right best down. player, on, yes, well, um, among the teams with, with live bodies out there, Ayton's the third best player, I think. So you wouldn't go with Nick Batum? What? Nick Batum, <laughs> 60, only 16 minutes tonight. I, so that, this is the experimentation. By the way, I bet Nick Batum over 18.5 points, rebounds, and assists. I don't think he had three points, rebounds, and assists tonight. No, he had
0: three points, two rebounds, and one assist. So congratulations oh, okay, so had on that. He six. I only missed that by 12.5. I like the, the Clips and 7-bet at 11-1. to one. I so think that's you, a good one. Say the odds again. Say them again. 11-1. 11! 11 because 11. Cause I think the Clips can win a road game anywhere. Sure. I don't think it
3: matters. You and I are in absolute lockstep agreement. They've proven it. This, this so, the, the punch in the mouth they took from Dallas, and who, who from the ringer wrote this story? Somebody wrote about, you know, they were kind of shocked into becoming... The best version of themselves. Uh, was it was it Sharks? Who wrote that story? I can't remember. But I do
0: I do feel like it it there is some nineties Pistons feel to them. And I don't think it's a team that could be like, wow, we just lost a devastating game. There's no No, recovery. They'll
4: they'll come
0: back.
3: They're resilient.
0: They're resilient. Yeah. So then the other series, Hawks Bucks. Hawks are plus three sixty. Bucks are minus 460. We talked about it in, in the part that's coming up with KOC and Kyle and Waz. We talked about it a little bit. Everybody kind of likes the Hawks at with sleeper potential. And one of the cases would be the Bucks' offense is so kind of broken that even Brooklyn's defense with Harden on one leg was getting stops against them.
4: And you the think half, like
0: the Bucks have three and a half guys who can score. Basically, they have and Holiday hasn't even been shooting well lately. But Middleton, Giannis, Holiday, if he shows up, and then kind of half a Lopez, and then so nobody else on the team can
3: score points. That's two so, guys and two half guys. So that's three guys. Three, <laughs> four, yeah, four for three, four for three.
0: So basically, I think if you can get to 110 points on them, I think they'd have a lot of trouble matching that. Now the the Hawks had a lot of trouble. Getting to that against Philly, but Philly's also probably the best defensive team in the league. They also run... Bogdanovich is banged up. No, Hunter. So, I don't know. I I, I personally think Giannis is... I, I don't want to bet against him in this series because I think he really... I Something happened in that Brooklyn series, especially in that Game 7 and, and some of the stuff he was doing. I wouldn't want to bet against him, but I also... You know, you look at the Bucks minus four sixty. That is not a line I would throw in a parlay or anything. So to no. me, this is like a bet it game by game, watch it, feel it out, see it. Maybe bet Hawks game three at home, that kind of thing.
3: But I would not bet the Bucks in a parlay or anything. No way, absolutely not. It's, it's a bogey bummer. Like if if Bogdanovich was healthy and and Hunter, you already sort of count out. And by the way, it, you just it just if you're a Hawks fan, you say. Man, I love the way this is all coming together. Just wait till next year. Wait till this, because Hunter's their best defensive player, in my yeah. uh, humble opinion. They'll figure something out with Collins. Collins will either go or, and 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 they'll figure out some kind of asset to bring back. Um, but I, 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 Collins might be kind of expendable, to be honest. I might prefer Hunter having all of that time and that run uh, over Collins. But that that's like you know for for next season. To think about, I think what I'm going to do gambling wise is just bet the Hawks money line every game, um, and mm. and you know just just sort of play it out uh, that way.
0: Yeah, I like that strategy. Um, Trey Young, any apologies? We've Racilla and I have both laid out our apologies. Do you do? Were you in the he's a good stats bad team guy camp? I, I'm sure I
3: participated in, in Trey Young slander. I just think it was warranted, like the, the circumstances radically changed their whole season. And we've talked about it a couple of times on this pod. And I know you and Rusillo have covered it exhaustively. Everything changed when Bogdanovich came back healthy and when uh, Nate came in as coach, was installed as coach. And, and, you know, their fortunes, every the the situation changed in such a way to bring out the very best version of Trey for the first time in his professional career mm. and good for him to, to show us what he's been capable of and good for him to have the gigantic balls that he has and good for him, his instincts. What a charismatic cat. Who yeah. knew? We needed Who him. Knew? Yeah. It's we like a new, new Reggie Miller.
0: Something he's absolute, made to be the
3: villain all over the place. Fucking wonderful. I'm so happy about it. So if that's a, an apology, I apologize. But I love Trey Young. Are you kidding? I love
0: him too. I've never done a 180 over a shorter amount of time. I'm all in. Even when, even when he sucked in game seven, I was waiting for it. He um, did the 180. We didn't do the 180. He did the 180. If, uh, if you had a buddy who had the Hawks at 85 to 1 to win the title from <laughs> a month and a half ago, what would you tell him from a hedging standpoint? Because you, sell- you might be talking to him right now.
3: What's the market? What's that market called where you can sell a, a ticket that you have? Mm. What, what's that thing called? Cousin Sal knows. Yeah. See what you can get for that ticket. See what, what somebody wants to pay for pay you for it. There's an open market you could put it up for. Put 85 up to, to 1. They're now
0: like 12 to 1.
3: What's the auction? There's an auction for that. Put it up there. See what kind of price you get. So you don't think I should hedge with the bucks? No. Just ride it out. It's not a, You didn't
0: put a big amount of money on it. Um. Can we get to the real... The real topic, which is the, the Hawks and the Clippers making round three. There's now a certain team on the hook with a streak called longest, longest streak not making the conference finals. <laughs> <laughs> and it happens to be
3: LeBoulet. You, you didn't even know. I had to call it to your yeah. attention. You you and Rossillo, I had to tell you boys about what's going on down here in Washington town. You have na- you
0: now root for the t- NBA team that has taken the longest time to make the conference finals, and the, this includes the, all the expansion teams that have come into the league since nineteen eighty. You have not had it happen since we were like nine years old in nineteen seventy nine when you lost
3: in the finals. Last I mean, time, it it it's really hard to believe that, that that's the case. But uh, the the other stultifying fact, the truly unbelievable fact, to go along with that, the 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 perfect pair. They haven't won 50 games since 1979. That's amazing. I thought you were kidding when you told me that. And I went on basketball reference, and you were right.
0: That's an unbelievable.
3: It's impossible. It feels (laughs) impossible.
0: Like you think about just impossible. the way the lottery works, it's almost impossible not to stumble into a multi time all star at some point over 50 years.
3: Well, and the, and the, some of those Washington teams with uh Gilbert Arenas and Jameson and Tough Juice, those were good teams. Like they didn't win 50, they didn't go 50 and, and 32. How hard is it? It's apparently, yeah. pretty hard. I was looking at weirdest postseasons
0: ever, and there's some whiz like postseason runs that I had just forgot about because they were so irrelevant. Like in 2015. You made round two with a forty-six win team, and lost to a sixty win Hawks team. That then got swept by the Cavs in the next round. There's like moments like that. You
3: have like little. John Wall broke his hand. the The Wizards would have won that if he hadn't busted his hand. I firmly believe that.
0: do you want to make your Ben Simmons offer to America? Let's Daryl listens to this pod sometimes. Do, do you want to make Daryl your offer?
3: Well, the best offer, the best trade, I honestly believe, is some combination of Kyle Lowry and a pick or something like that. That's the that's really the offer that makes the most sense. Well, Kyle, Kyle Lowry is a free agent, though. Uh, you oh, mean like a sign and trade? Yeah, yeah, sign yeah. and trade. Um, because you know the the inducement for for Philly um has to include a little bit of juice. They, I mean, they have no possibility at all of, uh, acquiring Kyle Lowry through free agency. They have a hundred million dollars tied up in those three guys. So you got to do some kind of work out something. There's either got to get a third team, but, uh, what? wait yeah. a second. First of all, you're
0: a terrible. You'd be a terrible GM. You just undermined your own offer. What do you mean? Even before I let you make your offer on the wizard's behalf for Ben Simmons, you talked about how somebody else already has a better offer. I'm not the GM of the Wizards. Well, you might as well be.
3: You don't have a coach. You have the same GM who signed Davis Bertans to $80 million. No, I believe in Tommy Shepard. He got Daniel Gafford, the defensive player of the year next year. (laughs) Okay. By by the way, not a great great run for the all-NBA defense team. Uh, uh, Is defense overrated? This is for another podcast at some point. All, none of the all-defensive first-team guys are worth a shit in the playoffs, buddy.
0: I don't think defense is overrated. I think what we're learning is that it is a 100 times more important to have good offense than good defense. I, I think I think we've learned that lesson, yes. I have
3: to agree yeah. with you. If
0: you can put out five shooters against a team that's playing four on five, you're probably going
3: to win. Tell me why the Sixers would say no mm. to Russell Westbrook for Ben Simmons. That's That's not your offer. Come on! First of all, that the toughness that guy has an an unparalleled motor. He's not afraid to shoot in the fourth quarter. If you want him to shoot twenty times in the fourth quarter, he'll do it. Just ask him. He'll shoot twenty times. He he he. This is not even uh, an overstatement or a hyperbole. The the run that he went on over the last twenty five games here in Washington was the most exciting performance by an individual player since Gilbert arenas was here in Washington. And that's not that, that was something that was something for the fans here in Washington, like me to dig in and, and really enjoy. And so, so I, so why maybe, do you want to trade him? Well, I mean, cause yeah, this is this, I don't want Ben Simmons here because I don't have any uh, idea who the coach is going to be. And so I don't know what the development plan would be for Ben Simmons, and I honestly think Ben Simmons needs to go to a place where he can be protected and nurtured, which is another reason why I think Toronto is a good destination for him. San Antonio could be a good destination for him. The Lakers could be a good destination for him. He needs to go somewhere where the, where the spotlight, there's some other uh, thing going on with that franchise where they can protect him and put take the spotlight off of him to let him go ahead and, and figure out whether or not he's going to be a competent basketball player. Um, why didn't you? Why didn't you at least float out the Bertons, um
0: Daniel Gafford and Denny Avgea <laughs> trade with some so, future first? Do you, do you, you didn't even want to like go through the motions of that so, one.
3: It's so mean so mean. So nice.
0: Westbrook's your move. You think Westbrook is solving it? You think Westbrook and the Philly crowd you, is a good you, idea?
3: You started on this off by saying Daryl listens to this pod. I mean, do you think Daryl, do you think Daryl's watched Davis Bertons before? Does, do you think me Davis go, you kidding me? You're the guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Davis was tough. It's tough when you sign the $80 million contract. But then you suck You suck during the start of the season and you have to use the, I was blindsided. I didn't realize the season was going to start this soon. You're a professional athlete.
3: How are these guys
0: blindsided by by hey,
3: earlier seasons? You tried to, to to use that explanation with me on on Fat Luca, who started off the season out of shape. He was the MVP favorite. Oh, plus 450. That's a good I price. Know, Go get Luca. I love Luca, Luca though. They I, they I, showed I, I shouldn't fat. have defended
0: Luca. I shouldn't you have shouldn't. defended it. You're a professional athlete. Stay in shape for 12 months a year. How
3: hard is this? You have no other job. In Washington, we just call that the Mahinmi. Like, we basically, times Yama Mahinmi didn't know it, but we basically created a new slot here in Washington where we pay somebody 16 or $17 million a year that literally can't play, that can play maybe like, you know, 14 effective minutes uh, most of the time, can't defend a, a lick. We're just going to have that. We have that spot here on, on, on our roster now. That should be a a ringer oral history
0: where each episode is devoted to somebody in that 15 million dollar slot and why and you interview other bullets fans <laughs> about wh- why that was such a bad Andre Blatch. Andre Blatch was my favorite when they amnestied him before the extension kicked in was at the, my favorite <laughs> moment of the decade that for was, any was, front office. That's that it might, never happened again.
3: It might be a Grunfeld's number one. It might. It's, it's tough though. Cause Grunfeld's got a lot up there. It might be. It's up. It's up at the top of the I, all time Grunfeld's. I feel like he invented that. It's the Grunfeld. It is. The, it's not We're, the Mahinmi. somebody whose
0: extension hasn't kicked in yet. It's not the Mahinmi. It's the Grunfeld. Unbelievable. Uh, where do you want Ben Simmons to go? I know you listed a bunch of teams, but deep down, where do you want him to go?
3: See, I I, I think um, I love his game. I love uh, his uh, game in the open court. I love his I- instincts distribution-wise. So I w- want him to get a shot. So I think... This is just ridiculous. Uh, I want him to go to the Lakers. I think it extends LeBron's career. It takes pressure off of Davis. I think that's too much pressure for him. I think he's
0: got to go to a Siberia team like Orlando.
4: Well, just go uh, off ma- the
0: map for two years and find yourself again, Ben Simmons. But
3: that—that that doesn't help. It
0: up Dunks in Game Sevens. So You—you need to go to Siberia.
3: He Siberia though doesn't help him find what he needs. He needs to learn how to play basketball. He needs how to learn to shoot and. Well, that's, that's not going to happen in, or- in happen. Orlando, and that's not going to happen in Minnesota, and that's not going to happen. Who knows what's going to happen in New Orleans, but, you know. Remember when we were worried about this when he was at LSU and we just saw no competitiveness
0: out of him at all? and We were like, wait, th- isn't this a bad sign? Isn't this alarming that this guy's the number one pick and seems to be treating this season like it's, I don't know, the ninth pickup game of the day at some pickup park?
4: I,
3: I, I don't think... It's not like an instinct. I don't feel like he lacks competitiveness. He doesn't look lazy to me. He looks more lost to me. Like he, mm. it's not that he's a missing a fire. It's that he's missing a basketball IQ kind of element um, more so like he, his. He doesn't know what to do. He looks more lost. Who's
0: you host uh, the Fairway Wong golf podcast for us. That's which is true. Excellent, with With our boy Nate Hubbard. Um, who is the golf equivalent of Ben Simmons? Because it can't be Spieth because Speith's actually
3: won. Um it it's probably Ricky Fowler. Uh hmm. because he, he's now it there it's not a perfect comparison because um Fowler's older and, and has been around longer and he you know, but golf has a long horizon. There and, and Ricky's still young enough that he could win four or five majors, but the talent has, has been there there's and and he's won some tournaments but not gotten over the hump in majors gotten very close in majors but not been able to just put the pedal down and get across the finish line and n- now folks are sort of you know wonder aloud is is Ricky Fowler ever going to win a major congrats to Ricky he came on the fairway rolling podcast by the way uh, a couple mm. months ago awesome awesome dude um his wife, they just announced she's pregnant. So congrats. And he's got that. And maybe that will be the thing. You know, it changes your life perspective. And maybe that will t- help him. He's been in a, a sort of a a down place for a while. We've seen little green shoots of his game coming back. Um, but he lost his putting stroke. And he was one of the very best putters on tour. And then it just left him. So Yeah,
0: the putting is like the free throw shooting in yes. a lot of ways. Great comp. Where I, I can com- completely uh, submarine you. All right, before we go. Our guy John Rahm finally did it. You covered it extensively on Fairway Rolling. He was eleven to one heading into the last round, and um, I did not step in because I had, was on a self-imposed suspension for oh. um, some poor gambling behavior. Yes, I understand over the last couple but, months. But, but that but was
3: NBA gambling. You could, you're still give yourself permission I know. to golf. I just, you know, when you're
0: golf. When you're in a he, col- I, I was on an incredible hot streak during the NFL playoffs, and then it came around the
3: other way. But uh, in, in I hoops. still rooted
0: for him, like I bet on
3: him. That's cause your guy. Him and Fleetwood are your guy. Rahm and Fleetwood are your guys every every week. Uh, I mean, every week. I major. gotta say, the, him draining those putts
0: on seventeen and eighteen were so fucking exciting. Nobody makes those putts anymore. It's icon-
3: like seriously, like instant legend kind of shit. Like Unbelievable, an, uh, iconic. And for him to win it that way at the same venue that has the history of Tiger back in two thousand. And eight, and for him to be the favorite coming in there, to have won his first ever tournament on the PGA Tour at that venue, his the the first major since he became a new father, I think. No, 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 it was the second major. But in any event, a bunch of like karma stuff at play there. And uh, Oh, it's his first Father Day. Coming up. Coming Day. off the dumb COVID thing too when he had to right. give up the uh, the title with yeah. one he was round all, to go, basically. He was going to win the Memorial. He was six yeah. strokes up and had one of the best rounds of the entire year. He has my favorite
0: all-around game. And I, I really felt vindicated because I really felt like, and we talked about it a bunch of times, I just felt like he has to win a major at some point. He does everything well. I don't know what his weak spots are. That was uh, ballsy. and there, there was a moment there with Brooks when it seemed like Brooks was going to make a run, and then he bogeyed the uh, the par three. But when we're talking about best golfers alive, DJ Kepka, Rom, Bryson, Bryson, and then I, just I feel Justin like, Thomas. Justin Thomas got to be in there. I feel like and has to be in here at some point. He's just in the money. Too many of these majors. Like at it's some point, majors. we have to
3: take him seriously. We were talking about him. We were calling him a major sniffer. He's always sniffing around when it comes to the majors. Well,
0: you know how there's always the one foreigner, you know, Molinari was in there for a little while, but, you know. Frankie Onions. Faldo way back when, but there's always like the one foreigner who's just lurking for like five years. And I think it's who in now.
3: Well, there's the the record reflects that that that's accurate. He doesn't he hasn't won on PGA tour, so he's not in this list of the top players in the world because he he doesn't win but he gets second in, in every major so he's definitely in the conversation but the top five are Rom, DJ, Brooks Bryson and JT and then if you want to you know uh, put Colin Morikawa up in there and Xanders around, the, around the hoop I mean you know that's fine I don't mind mentioning the, those young guys and the interesting thing is Rory's not in the top five and, and you know you, you can't make an argument to put him in the top five I don't have
0: faith in Rory in these majors. I never feel like he's going to make a run and I never take him seriously. I never think about live betting him, any of that stuff. I just, yeah.
3: he was, just he was four under at one point as he approached the back nine and then it didn't happen. So are you coming here for the open, the open championship? Yes. I, I think we're, we're going to figure out me coming out to, to LA. I need to get back. It's been over a year since we've dined together. It's probably the first time in, this in, is, since since 1988. This is the longest we've ever not seen each other in thirty-three years. This I think is you're like
0: right. it's like a, a year and four months, something like that. Yeah, we got to get out here. We got to eat. Are the restaurants open? That's the most important question. Restaurants are open. Yeah, I have I have a Koreatown place for you. I have uh, a oh. San Gabriel Valley place for you. All I have right. a steak place for you. All right. Yeah, we got a lot right. of stuff going. All right, House. Thanks for uh, thanks for staying up late on the Daliute podcast. The, LAU, knew,
3: the amazing. I didn't even drink tonight. We'll have to work on that. That's another thing I'll, we'll have to do. Yeah. And congrats on the Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook trade. Good luck. <laughs> See ya. All right, coming up,
0: it is the live Ringer Lottery show that we did. It's me and KLC and Kyle Mann and Big Waz. And if you just want to fast forward to after the lottery happened, uh, just go about a half hour in from this point right now. Go 30 minutes ahead as the lottery happens and then we react to all the different variables that came out of it. So there you go. This episode is supported by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. It's the live lottery show here on The Ringer. My name is Bill Simmons. Kevin O'Connor is up there, Kyle Mann. Big Waz, we're going to uh, prepare over the next 20 minutes for a consequential lottery. Now, the lottery is always important. Always things happen. Get number one pick, Um, you know, number one overall, you get excited about. This one has ramifications. KOC, the biggest ramification for you tonight with how the ping pong balls could go with teams losing
1: their picks, keeping their picks. It's that Houston pick. They have the number one odds in the draft lottery. However, If they fall out of the top four, it's going to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that would be bad, bad news for Rafael Stone and that Rockets front office if they lose that pick. Because the opportunity is here to get a franchise-changing player in Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley with the number one or number two pick. And then two really good consolation prizes in Jalen Suggs and Jalen Green at three or four. So if that
0: pick falls to five, they then have to swap it for the number 18 pick and number five would go to OKC. OKC is also has the fourth best odds in the ping pong thing. So the OKC best scenario would be coming out of here with one and five. And then Presti's taking a big video, uh, victory lap. <laughs> we also have Minnesota. Waz, how did you feel about the D russell trade as it was happening when you found out Minnesota was giving up a top three future protected pick? What was your reaction back in the day?
4: One, you know, they're doing the trade because it's Carl Anthony Towns guy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a fan of bending over backwards for guys who've never done anything for your franchise, right? Mm. Like It's like, why are we doing this for a guy who we once got the eighth seed because Jimmy Butler was in town, and everything else has been pure misery? So why are we bending over backwards and moving heaven and earth to bring in guys at his behest? At a certain point, it's like, is it the end of the world if Carl anthony Towns doesn't want to be there anymore? If I trade him and get stuff for it, right? I think a lot of times teams are guarding against something that they don't actually need to. Start the clock again on another potential franchise dude. That So that component well, of the wait, trade. Well, wait,
0: it gets worse than that because Wiggins was part of the trade in the terms of that added to the value of the pick because it was like, well, you have to take Wiggins. Kyle, man, Wiggins is now your guy. You, you're ready to do like a 25-minute summer video of
2: him this summer, I think, right? Uh, me, personally, no. I, I mean, I've done one on <laughs> oh, him before. I have bad information. My bad.
1: I'll, I'll sign up for it. Did somebody okay. say
2: that in the chat? Uh, <laughs> no. No. Um, no, Wiggins isn't my guy. But Wiggins was better in Golden State than you expected him to be, correct? Maybe? Yeah, I mean, he, he fits. I mean, he's sort of plug-and-played in there, and there's not as much expected from him in terms of like dictating the culture of the team or anything like that. I mean, I I understand. I don't I don't know how much we want to talk about the merits of Carl Anthony Towns, uh, but I, it's been pretty bleak over the history of the franchise for Minnesota. So, I mean, I understand why they would be hesitant to lose him because, I mean, he is generally generationally special as an offensive player. I guess the problem is um, they've just they've made some mistakes in terms of how they have planned in terms of like what types of stars. And those things are more troubling to me. It's like whenever, whenever they brought in Jimmy Butler, if you know anything about Carl Anthony towns, you would have known that that was a bad idea from the jump. Like in personality mm. wise, that was just not going to work. Like, uh, because they just, they come from different sort of like Jimmy, Jimmy is is such a self-made man that he only has patience for certain types of players, it seems. Well, it didn't sound uh, like he liked Ben Simmons either. Well, he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't certainly really... Was one of the reasons <laughs>
0: he left Philly was he didn't like the culture there either. Then he finally
1: found he culture and the rest was history. Aren't all of these moves that Minnesota's made from Jimmy Butler, now D'Angelo Russell... Isn't it all about just trying to make things work, you know, with Carl Anthony Towns because he is that special offensive talent Kyle mentioned pairing him with a great two way wing like Butler pairing him with a pick and roll point guard like D'Angelo Russell. On paper, I understand it, but it, a lot of these moves do reek of desperation and rushing things rather than taking your time. And so that's why for Minnesota, tonight's really important, too, because they could get one of those guys who can help really build something nice here alongside now. Cat, Anthony Edwards and D'Lo is potentially your third or fourth guy. It doesn't have to be a key player.
0: Well, and then on, on the flip side was Golden State. If they end up Switched getting them. four or six, <laughs> they keep Wiggins. <laughs> They get Klay Thompson coming back. They got a full year of Wiseman. They're in a West that is just completely in flux. We might see the Phoenix Suns are the favorites to make the finals in the West. It's not unrealistic to think if this goes their way tonight, the Warriors could be the favorites in the West next year.
4: Well, I think they could automatically switch up the tenor and the feel of their roster because of the young guys, right? Like you got Wiseman and you have these two phenomenal picks potentially and you can move them and you can get actual legitimate NBA players for them. And to get back to Minnesota, again, and I hate to be the defense, you know, hard-nosed (laughs) birds guy here, but how the hell is Minnesota supposed to put together a good team with at the point of attack – Russell's horrible at defense. We know that. And Carl Towns has been just as bad at the most important defensive position on the floor. And I don't think D'Angelo Russell is the type of offensive player that turns him into some type of juggernaut just because he's there. I just think, again, the idea that you would have brought this dude in just because Cat wanted you to. And because he played two months of good ball in Brooklyn and made it as an all-star injury reserve. And we get to call him an all-star now. I mean, Minnesota, dude.
0: <laughs> like, holy hmm. moly. Well, it's a great example of when you have bad leadership at the top. It's tough, in man. basketball. It's no coincidence. Like, hey, guess who's in the lottery again? It's Sacramento. Um, guess who's here again? It's Orlando. These are teams that we see over and over again. I think the thing with Minnesota, I don't want to defend towns. I'm not a huge fan. But when you see this playoffs has been kind of the death of the quote unquote, good stats, bad team guys with, oh, the KFC smiling now (laughs) where Booker (laughs) and Trey Young, where we just look at them like, great, they're putting up stats. Their team's not winning. But then all of a sudden they had the right guys around them and their team started winning. And KFC, why can't Towns be in the same situation as Booker and Trey?
1: I think Towns can be. Absolutely. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is just an absolutely brilliant offensive player. He's not just one of Mm -hmm. the best shooting bigs. He's a great shooter, period, regardless of position. You can run him off screens and handoffs. He can take guys off the dribble. He can post up. He can do it all on offense. Defensively, I thought this year he made some progress playing a little bit on the wing position, playing, not having to be that rim protector in that role. And maybe for Minnesota, that's the format moving forward you know if they do get lucky on draft night and they're able to draft an evan mobley who can take on more of that room protection i think suddenly the conversation about cat's defense could change but with that said to waz's point You know, D'Lo, at the top of that defense, struggles. Anthony Edwards still needs to improve and, like, play at the level that his his body looks like he can, strong and versatile. So, like, they have the potential to be a solid defense, but this is a team that if they build this out the right way, they're going to have to get by with solid defense and amazing offense. Like, they're going to be that type of team with that type of flavor.
4: And, you know, I think about James Harden in Houston, right? And because we talk about actually – complimenting your quote-unquote franchise guys with players that fit into whatever their deficiencies might be, right? Daryl Morey was like, look, James Harden doesn't like playing defense. We we need a guard like Patrick Beverly, who can't handle the ball, but he'll guard whoever you want, and he's developed an outside shot. We need big men like Clint Capella, who don't mind. Planting somebody on a screen, creating that vertical spacing to suck in the defense. James Harden is a generational playmaker, passer, and he sprays it out to the corners. Okay, um, James Harden is tired of taking on that burden as the prime initiator. Let's get Chris Paul in here. You see them win 64 games. Say, like, there's a plan to what the hell they're doing. <laughs> okay? Yeah. What the hell has Minnesota's plan been with Carl Anthony Towns? You can't tell me it's D'Angelo Russell. That don't well, make then, no damn sense.
0: And now you have Edwards, who is. Uh,
4: I like. Give Edwards. me the ball.
0: I like give Edwards the- too, but he's another one who's like, "Give me the ball, and I'm going to do some stuff." So, it, KOC, if they end up getting this draft pick, which they would, ha- it would have to be one, two, or three. I, probably not looking for a score. Who's just quickly, and then I'll ask you the same thing, Kyle. Perfect guy in the draft for
1: Minnesota. Evan Mobley, he can offer the rim protection that could help complement Carl Anthony Towns, as well as being a guy who has, has some skill on the offensive end. He can pass a little bit, shoot a little bit for you with the upside to prob- possibly down the line be one of the primary guys. So I love what his baseline could be next to Cat, and then his upside could be like one of the best front court duos in the entire league. And Kyle, I think we've talked a lot about Mobley on the Ringer NBA show. And I mean, you and I both really love him, it seems.
2: I like him yeah. too. Sharks loves him too. Uh, Charks texted me. I remember he hadn't seen Mobile yet. And I was, he was like, tell me about him. And I just kind of said some things. And he texted me back like not long after watching him and was like, he's special. So, I, I mean, in a very like sober, <laughs> like serious way, <laughs> which Shark I took it, you know, I, I trust Charks' opinion a lot. And I think that, uh, I agree though too. I think that positionally he is very clever. And if you watch the way that he plays Um, he doesn't have to be like a heavy volume offensive guy. He wasn't for USC. There were times where he would just sort of blend in and kind of play whatever role, really good passer. Uh, those two guys together, I think are really interesting for me. I think that they need as much culture shift as possible. Uh, and I think that if they can get him, I think that Jalen Suggs would be a fantastic fit for them too, like to play. And then I also think that that could create expendability, which is something that I think could happen for a few teams in this draft. Um, Mm. I I really like Suggs or Mobley with them. If you can get Cade, obviously, (laughs) get Cade. But uh, I think either of those guys fit, too. I don't know that Jalen Green in that range would be good for them. Uh, The Minnesota would be one of those teams that I don't think should prioritize Green. I would go Suggs over Green if I were Minnesota.
0: Well, I forgot to mention there's a third variable for this lottery. The first one is Houston. Top four, they keep it. If it goes to five, they have to swap it for 18. Second one is Minnesota. Top three, they keep it. 28% chance. Golden State has a 72% chance to get this pick, which is pretty nice if you're Golden State. And then the third one was Chicago. It's the number eight pick. Um, If it pops up to top four, they keep it. If it does not pop up to top four, Kevin Clark's Orlando Magic will be getting the pick. And it is an 80% chance for the Orlando Magic. To get that pick, on top of, they gave up Wendell Carter. There was another pick in that trade, too, right? Wasn't there another first rounder beyond Wendell Carter? Yeah, am I, crazy? A, I think it's four three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that too much to give up for Vooch who didn't even get you to the playoffs?
4: Of course it is. <laughs> I mean, the, like, they made that trade at the deadline, and everybody was essentially convinced that they would find themselves in the playoffs somehow, and it didn't end up working because Vucevic was Vucevic, right? Like, he's a nice offensive player. I don't know that he changes your life in that way uh, because, again, he's a one-dimensional guy, and, you know, he's made strides on the defensive end, but he is what he is. I do want to go back to um, what KOC was saying about them drafting a rim protector next to Carl Anthony Towns. My man, Steven Jones Jr., was, uh, talked about recently working with Brook Lopez in Brooklyn and how they never thought he would ever get to the level of the defensive player he showed himself to be right now. Mm. And we've seen it countless times with different bigs, whether it be even somebody like Miles Turner, who I mentioned before, who was horrible at defense. I just want to understand how it can be that we need to suck up to Karl-Anthony Towns, but we also need to draft people that are better than him at defense. Like, it
0: can't I, be both, right? Like, I, lo- I love this lane for you, Waz. I think I, I this don't, is strong. I don't,
4: I don't why, why do we keep it. building around Carl Anthony Towns when he can't we, win no matter who we, we have? If we can't ask him to be the defensive anchor, like, you want all of these concessions made, you got to be the player that's worth those concessions. So, if we can't ask you to get to the level of Brooke freaking Lopez, bro, why are we kissing your ass? I don't what? understand that.
2: When was the last time we had a guy who was an offensive one and a defensive one on a title-level team that was a center? When was the LeBron last time James. we had a, a... Small ball five, yeah. I mean, Shaq. Right. Uh, well, in, I guess in, in I an mean, Embiid. I, I mean, I would Davis last year. Davis was a 1B offensively and a
0: one A plus defensively for the Lakers.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just not a, It's not a super common thing. I don't think right. that it's ridiculous. I guess just... I don't know. Can, can Mobley space? Can Mobley? Where does Mobley? How do they fit on the floor? I think that's something that they would have to explore and work at. But I, I think that he would fit the personalities that are a little more score first on that roster. A, a little bit is is putting it mildly with what's, with with Edwards and Delo. But yeah, what's uh what's audible quick to just what this lottery
0: looks like for the people that haven't followed it? I hope you're checking out. You can ha- have it up right now as you're watching the lottery and listen to us. Uh, NBA draft dot the KOC's latest mock draft is up there. His rankings, all that stuff. KOC, you have a top two and then a next three, and then a really big tier after that top two, Kate Cunningham of Mobley, then Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, and then another slight drop. And then it goes six to 20 range. Is that correct? Three tiers.
1: Yeah, I mean, like after six, it's a, it's a really a matter of taste where that next <laughs> tier stops. I mm. mean, maybe it's more like six to eleven or twelve, something like that. But um, it the draft does flatten out. And like a lot of the players after that top five, including Kaminga at five, like he could arguably be in that tier below Suggs and green. Um, A lot of guys who have clear potential, serious skills, like specific skills, like shooters, like Kispert or athletic guys like Keon Johnson. Um, But guys with flaws too, that could really hold them back from reaching their potential. But the top two uh, Cunningham and Mobley, I mean, like what we're talking about here with bigs and like who fits where Mobley can fit anywhere. Cunningham can fit anywhere. There's no fit issues with any of those. Guys with the Suggs top skin picks. Too. Suggs Suggs can too. Sugs absolutely can fit anywhere. A- yeah, no doubt about it. So we have Houston, Detroit, Orlando, OKC,
0: Cleveland as our top five. Um, I like a couple of the players, I really like Cunningham and I like Suggs and I like Mosley. And then you look at the teams they could potentially go to, it and it like Orlando and Detroit just makes me sad. You're going there, it's like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna suck for three years. You have to this play sounds... with Killian
1: Killian Hayes though.
0: Bro. Oh, your guy Killian, yeah. Um, <laughs> Cleveland's—I don't know what Cleveland's identity is. It's like those t- the backcourt's a little strange. I don't know Sex what's man. going. With Kevin Love. That's,
4: that's the that's the identity. Um, Garland and, and and Sexton are supposed to be amazing. That's what Cleveland Sex fans land. were yelling at us about. Uh, um, yeah. early on last season, it's physical. And then we out. stopped listening. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'm a I'm a big Larry Nance Jr. fan though. We know. Really, right, but yeah. they're probably going to trade him, right?
0: This summer, yeah. you would think. Yeah. Houston's got the best chance to get the number 1 pick and God only knows what happens with them. And then, you know, OKC, they have 38 picks and they're in the middle of some rebuilding project that I can't even figure out anymore. I didn't I thought the Kemba trade was a little confusing. Um I like SGA. Poku at least deserves a, another year to kick the tires on his potential. They had a lot of good younger random dudes. That I thought were pretty enticing as rotation guys, but um, I have no idea how long their rebuilding thing is going to be. All right, the uh, Mark Tatum is up there, and we're about to do the lottery. We have 14th pick. Wait a second, 14th pick went to the Indiana Pacers. Oh, oh no, that's gosh. 13th pick. My bad. Okay, all right. 14 Warriors, <laughs> 13 Indiana, 12 <laughs> San Antonio. So we're going chalk so far. Okay. Um. The 11th pick should be Charlotte, unless they rigged it for MJ because they owed him more royalties than the last dance. Nope, 11th is Charlotte. We're still chalk. Um, 10th, New Orleans. Can New Orleans get another break here? I like how Tatum is able to talk while smiling. I think that's a great quality. Uh, Nope, New Orleans is 10. So then Sacramento is nine here. If this goes right, and then coming up would, after that would be our first big thing, Sacramento nine. Okay, so eight. If this is Chicago, it goes to Orlando. If it's not Chicago, that means Chicago moved up top four. First kind of exciting moment here. It's Orlando, Ooh. so Orlando gets the eighth pick. Was
1: Toronto? You next.
0: you did not like that trade. Uh, seventh <laughs> pick. Seventh pick should be Toronto. This is another one I feel like they could rig. Toronto getting number one pick wouldn't be a bad thing. Not that they break the lottery, I'm joking. To
2: make up for the Minnesota oh, Sampa or oh, what?
0: Golden State from Minnesota. Wow. So Toronto. So they get so Toronto moves up. Golden wow. State ends up getting the seventh pick. So we got two things answered there. All right. So Toronto, we know, is in the top four, and we know Golden State is the seventh pick. That's great for them. So Minnesota has no first round pick this year. Nope. Sixth Tough. pick goes to OKC, which means. <laughs> That means Cleveland moved up too, right? So Cleveland and Toronto have moved up.
2: Brutal for Minnesota. They just that showed
0: Kobe is... Altman, who looks like he just took melatonin. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> fifth pick coming up. This should be. That's Orlando. Wow. So
4: OKC moved up. Big. So we had OKC.
2: Pray for Cleveland.
4: Presty gets to be a genius again. So wait, the only one that.
0: I'm confused. Wait, did OKC get that pick from Houston or for OKC? I'm confused.
4: It would probably help if we could listen to the broadcast. I'm not not watching (laughs) on (laughs) TV. There's Nazi Muhammad. Well, they're showing Detroit,
0: so Detroit's still in it. And I think Houston probably stayed in it. So I think OKC... So that was our yeah, Houston's in it. So that was our worst case scenario. If you're
4: OKC, guys, you drop down um, to five. Can I share a text with you that I just received from one of my good friends who's a Knicks fan? Yeah, he said tonight is usually my Super Bowl. <laughs> I was gonna say we sh- we need to celebrate a few
2: teams that aren't here tonight. They usually are: the Suns, the Wizards, the Knicks, the Hawks. Oh, man, not present tonight. Good for All them. All right, so we have Toronto.
0: Cleveland, Detroit, and Houston Ooh. as their top four.
1: Toronto getting rewarded for spending the whole year in Tampa Bay. Well-deserved in all seriousness. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely
0: I got to say, I, that's why I joked that I thought they could rig the lottery for them because, mm-hmm. first of all, they I thought they, did it, they didn't tank until the tail end, but they kind of had some nobility to what they did. They had to play a year
1: in Florida. I don't know. I mean, I'll tell I'm you not, what, I'm okay with, with that. With Toronto, if they bring back Kyle Lowry and if they nail this pick, like they could significantly be right back in that race, you know? Maybe not a favorite
4: for the championship, but they could be right back in the thick of the playoffs if they nail this pick. If I they mean, get can a kind they do that? Can, can Masai do that for a third year in a row? It doesn't seem like his nature, right? This sort of tread water type of team. And they overachieved last season. Um, they damn near got to the conference finals. They gave Boston all they could handle in the second round. This year kind of blew up on them because of injuries and the, you know, the sort of discombobulated nature of the season. Like, can you go into the season again with this treadwater type of situation after you tasted the championship in twenty nineteen? KOC? I think,
1: I think. I think with Masai Ujiri, he said something back at the Sloan Conference back in like twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen before trading DeRozan, and he's like, you know. My philosophy, I'm paraphrasing here, has always been about developing young guys while also competing to win. So I think Masai Ujiri has always tried to win and tread water, as you're saying, while also having youth on the team. And we're seeing some of those young players, OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, Love Pascal OG. Siakam, who has blossomed, right? Yep. And so if they get a number one pick, like let's just say if they got Cade Cunningham or got mm. Evan Mobley, I mean, that could really accelerate things quickly. And they want to become contenders. But I think, I think they would be continuing to do what they always do. But it would really be a matter of does he want to continue doing that, or do, right. would he get rid of the older guys, you know, and then just go all young, all youth? Because that makes like a heck of a lot of sense too to do that. Can uh, can I ask you
0: if you're Kate Cunningham, how hard you're rooting for Toronto right now, <laughs> versus the other options are Cleveland, Detroit, and Houston. I'm sorry. I'm rooting for Toronto. If I'm Kate Cunningham, I could be good right
4: away. I think Houston is up there too, though, because you know Houston to let's face it, black NBA players—they're really into that city. (laughs) I think this is like Houston is like a two Americas (laughs) type of thing, like where people like—I mean, Houston's cool. A bunch of people I know. Who are non black have been to Houston. It's like, it's a cool city. Like, it's big, it's decent food options. It's not bad. And then, like, black people go and they're just like, this is the most amazing place I've ever been to in my life. So, you know, I, th- I think that's always got to be a consideration. But, it's kind- Houston is like the black Boston. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, white guys in Boston is like, this city's amazing, right? And I think Houston sort of has that dynamic. Jalen
0: I mean, always used to tell me that when we worked together, but he always said the same thing about Toronto. He said Toronto was well, also awesome, yeah, yeah. amazing for black athletes. Yeah. Toronto, athletes. To believe, yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: Toronto but, makes the most sense basketball-wise. I mean, yes, it, no immediately. Question. Like it's going to be that he's going to be playing in a in a winning environment immediately. So, Well, shit, I mean, if
0: they get if they get one or two, Toronto's going to be good next year. Then you would have to rethink like about do we just bring back Lowry and do we actually try to make a real run at this? Free agent money. KOC seems dubious.
1: No, I mean, I, I, what's on my mind is which of this, these teams is most likely to try to trade the pick for like mm. a Ben Simmons or a Bradley Beal or CJ McCollum, like whoever might become available. And Toronto, I'm suspicious of uh, in that regard. To trade the pick. Yeah, I mean, they could go that way, too. I'm not sure if it's the right thing to do, but it's just something on my mind with the guys out there potentially available, like a Simmons or a Beal. Waz, do you think Cleveland's
0: gotten enough top five picks, or should we just give them, like, five more over the next seven years? Like, how, how many top four lottery picks can we give them, do you think? I think this is, like, seventh or eighth for them.
4: I think that franchise has been completely useless, but for the fact that LeBron James grew up 45 minutes away from the city.
0: And got drafted by them, miraculously.
4: That's it. And came back because he felt bad that he had achieved a lot of success without them. Came back to save them. They've done nothing as a franchise besides LeBron. Nothing. And I guess, you know, the Terrell Brandon years, shouts to Bob Sora. Oh, here we go. So our four reps are Hakeem
0: Olajuwon, who looks very confident. Ben Wallace, who can't believe he's in the Hall of Fame. Kobe Altman, who d- <laughs> just took seven melatonins. And Fred Van Vliet, who's hoping it's not Kate Cunningham. It's not going to be. Toronto is fourth. Oh, Maybe. Mm. That's still good for them, though. That, yeah. That's Suggs' range. Uh, third is Cleveland.
2: Green is interesting there, too. So is Kaminga. Uh,
3: so we
0: have Houston so. and Detroit left. Those were our top two. Oh, Houston, two.
1: Wow!
0: Oh, your boy Killian Hayes is in trouble, wow. KFC.
1: The <laughs> no, this trick is good. the first pick. This is great. Wonderful. This wow. is going to be it. interesting. This I really is.
2: <laughs> the Pistons are going to be kind of interesting. I mean, I think they could be, I mean, defensively they already have kind of found like a little bit of a moment. I'm not, not enormous, but I mean, I think it's interesting, you know, Isaiah Stewart is maybe a backup, a pretty, we know he's a quality rotation, big Jeremy, uh, you know, Killian, Killian and Sadiq Bey and Cade can play together. Like, I, I think that that could work. Um, I like that. And obviously, Jeremy Grant having, you know, the best years of his career so far. It's, it's interesting. When's the last time we said that about Detroit? Like, it's literally. A win,
1: it's a win-win situation for them, whether they go with Cunningham or if there's an argument to be made for Mobley. Because Mobley can fit with anybody. He can fit with Stewart. He can fit with Grant. Cunningham can play with or without the ball. So if you want to build a roster with multiple ball handlers, which I believe is their vision, and that's what they want to do. And Killian Hayes may not be the primary guy Cade Cunningham might be, but Hayes in a role where he can defend and make smart passes off the bounce. It's really about his development as a spot-up shooter, but with Cade Cunningham, if he's the guy they go with at the number one pick, I, I think he's the type of guy who can help a team really compete right away. He's a floor and raiser, no doubt about it. Like he help, he makes guys around him better, and I'm excited to see what he can do playing with the best talent he's ever had. Because you get a downhill guy, you know, and Isaiah Stewart who can be, you know, a rim runner for you. You have other guys who can handle the ball, Grant, who can handle some scoring for you. I think it's a really great situation for Cunningham to go into, assuming he's the pick. This episode is brought to
0: you by Simply Safe. Summer is all about fun vacations, but I know that being away from home can be stressful. So many things can happen. That's why I like to recommend Simply Safe, award-winning security that can help give you peace of mind when you're away. The only thing you should worry about while you're on vacation is having too much fun. Having my home, it's great. Couldn't work better. I think Simply Safe is the best because it comes with a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24/7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. It's given me, my family, many others. Real peace of mind. I'm waiting to have it too. Try it out. A 60 day money back guarantee. No contracts. Right now, get 20 percent off any Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/slash-bs. That is simply safe with two S. Simplysafe.com/slash-bs. There's no safe like Simply Safe. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man. and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Let's do winners and losers quick. Our top eight, Detroit, Houston, Cleveland, Toronto, Orlando, OKC, Golden State, and then Orlando again. So Chicago and Minnesota, no first-round picks for them. That's tough. OKC goes into this lottery thinking we have a chance to get two top five picks. They drop to number six. Brutal. Um, And then Toronto is a winner and a loser because there's a moment there where they think they have a chance for the top two picks. They still get four, which is awesome. But they move up from seven to four. That's not like, it's great. It's not not a game changer. Um, So we think potentially Cunningham to Detroit, Mobley to Houston,
2: Almost seems like it would make more sense
0: for those two to flip picks.
2: Mobley with Christian Wood. What do we think about that? A little I
1: don't, lean. not not a lot of weight in the front court. But I Woz, I'm do you like lighter. anyone. Was do you like anyone with Christian Wood? Do you like anyone? Waz? what are your Christian
4: Wood thoughts? <thugs? laughs> <laughs> no, you know the Christian Wood thing is funny because you know he leaves he leaves Detroit and everybody's kind of like. Well, clearly Detroit knows something that we don't because why do you just let this guy leave for this little bit of money? And he comes out and he kills it. Right. And so he becomes this kind of overachiever. That's how we view him type of guy now. But, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what he does when he comes back next year, because we always go through this cycle with young guys where it's like, you know, think of Jason Tatum after his rookie year. It's Like, all right, he's the next Larry Bird. Then he underachieves. His second year, because people expect growth in the M- in NBA young players to be completely linear. They're like, ah, oh, maybe he's not that great anymore. Is he? Is he a bust? And then, of course, he comes back and he's steadily improving all the time, right? I I, w- I love to see what Christian Wood comes back and he does, and and you know who I think won is Orlando because they just sucked at the draft, quite frankly. Like they've had nothing but high lottery picks. KOC is right now. here. Be careful. He's right here. He's, <laughs> Mo Bamba's last fan is right they, here they, looking at you. Stunk, they've stunk it up when it comes to drafting. And so they get two bites at the apple. You know, Isaacs is coming off of a, a bad injury. Mo Bamba is still not proven a single, like, credible NBA skill yet. Like, not one that you can say, uh, all right, this is what he's going to do good I'll in the NBA. Be, be uh, nice, I'm, I'm a, Listen, I'm a, I'm a Cole Anthony guy as a former CHSAA. New York City Catholic School <laughs> League guy, so I love Cole Anthony. But I'm I'm happy for them because they need as many bites at the apple as possible.
2: I mean, it's a tough place for them to fall, honestly, because they just need playmaking and, like, on-court feel. That's what they need more than anything, and they've <laughs> needed it for years. And it's in this draft, that's a tough spot to fall. Uh, I actually think green would have been good for them, I think. But I don't know if I want to reach and take somebody like Davion Mitchell there. I don't know, KOC. What do you think? Where can they get the value they're looking for? There, I think
1: you guys are missing the option here, and that's a trade up because mm, if you could. are, if you're looking at Cleveland at number three, they already have Sexton and Garland. Are they really a team for Suggs? Are they really a team for Green? Uh-huh. Or are they a team that's like, oh yeah, let's trade down and get two picks instead of one, because then Orlando could get their guy and Jalen Suggs at three, and Cleveland could get a big wing. They could get a shooter. So you're saying five and eight for three and something else? Yeah, something like that. That's what I'm thinking about. For sure. I'm very much into it. Cleveland, I don't love at the number three spot. Uh, But I'll tell you what I do love, the fact that they are in a a prime position to make a deal. And I I think that is something we're going to hear a lot about in the coming weeks and months.
0: So the Detroit Pistons, This is the first time they will have the number one pick in the draft since 1970. Wow. Wow. They had, uh, 1967, they had the first pick. They took Jimmy Walker, Jalen's dad. Then in 1970, they took Bob Lanier, Hall of Famer. Um, they took Isaiah Thomas with the second pick in 1981. They took Grant Hill with the third Third pick. pick. Yep. In 1994, and since then, they have not even come close to picking this high, except for the immortal,
4: the one Milicic. and only. Yep.
0: Darko Milicic <laughs> in 2003. Uh-huh. Cade, Cade to Detroit, I feel like is bad for your guy, Killian. I think we see Killian in a, on a Paris, like a B level Paris team, maybe in three years, KOC. <laughs>
2: I think it's the, good for him. I honestly do. Think I think competition. Okay. No, no, I think they could play together. Like You do. You c- Make the case. Let's hear it. KOC said something earlier where he said, you know, if you're a roster that's looking to have multiple ball handlers, let me just tell you, if you're an NBA roster and you're not thinking we need multiple ball, ball handlers, you should just sell your team because exactly. you're yeah. an idiot. Because that's the way that's the way basketball is right now. Everybody needs to get more playmaking and creation on the floor as much as humanly possible. And like mm. Detroit, I think that the, sort of the thing that people were knocking the people who saw upside and Killian Hayes said, this is a guy that eventually could be the engine of an offense. Hypothetically heavy, heavy, hypothetically, I think this will take pressure off of him and maybe allow him to come along at a pace that is more realistic for him potentially. But I also think it just, it's going to put him in a position to Kate. Kate is a plug and play floor razor type player that is going to spoon feed him looks where he wants them. So I, yeah, I think yeah. it's, I think it's good. I like it. No doubt. I think it. that's
0: a good point. You think like the, uh, the Atlanta, if I'm any bad team, I'm studying Atlanta and being like, all right, well, how the fuck did this happen? This team is now <laughs> the Eastern finals. What is going on? They have a really talented point guard and then a bunch of shooters. And basically, if you study Atlanta long enough, you realize like, oh, th- their top seven can all create their own shot. So maybe that's our path. So Detroit now, I- assuming Hayes isn't a bust. And I actually like some of the stuff I saw from them last year. You got those two. Jeremy Grant, now I have three guys, and you're just kind of kind of climbing your way toward having the seven guys. But maybe that's the way to think now. I wonder, like, with Golden State, you know, with the Wiseman piece of this, and now they have the seventh pick. Wise, what am I getting for Wiseman in the
4: seventh pick? I mean— I'm not getting Bradley Beal. People, people were pretty low on Wiseman towards the end of the season. His confidence was kind of shot. The guy couldn't catch a freaking pass on the low block to save his freaking life, yeah. Um, and so I don't, but I, I, you know, these guys are so young. I think you can easily get people still excited about a Wiseman and this pick. I don't, man. Ben Simmons is.
2: <laughs> mm, what are you gonna do with Draymond? Yeah, I don't.
4: yeah.
1: I, 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 it's it'll be interesting to see if they try to flip this pick or keep it because at that seven spot, a Davion Mitchell from Baylor, uh, even though he measured only at six foot, he plays bigger than he is. His defense that he could bring to that bench unit, the shooting, the be- ability to potentially sometime down the line, be somebody who creates offense for you while developing behind Stephen Curry. Th- this was the appeal for them last year with the mellow, you know, not a lot of pressure. He can learn behind these guys. I mean, whether it's Davion Mitchell or somebody else up there, even a Keon Johnson at the wing spot from Tennessee, there's some appealing guys who can play a little bit now and then pop later. So this see, isn't a, a loss necessarily for goals. State. See, but State.
4: KOC, I don't like that in the sense of, the, like, this whole in-between game of... We're trying to win now and we're also trying to develop talent. You sort of sometimes run into a conflict of interest. And you saw it with Wiseman where they're yanking him in and out of the lineup. And it's like, all right, are we developing this guy for the future? Or are we killing his trade value because he's so damn bad on a team that's trying to win? Right. Like it becomes this sort of push and pull. I think they need to get rid of get off of these young assets as soon as possible and get back to the to the business of maximizing your greatest player in franchise history's extended prime. They need to move off of these young kids because they don't help you win in the now. And Steph here's, Curry, you need to be trying to win right now with him.
0: Here's what I would do. I would take Mitchell seven. I think he's the perfect, perfect warrior for the team I watched last year that I think they're going to gravitate to. I Here's the thing with Wiseman. Just watching how much better Aiton has gotten in the last three months and watching the way he was able to be such an asset in game one of the Clipper series that game two is about to happen. But, um, you know, you could argue he's a more valuable asset than Rudy Gobert, which I did argue on Sunday night. I just would rather have Aiton. I'd rather have a mobile big who you can throw on the ball from five feet away and he could turn around do a jump hook. His hands are around the rim and can come out on shooters. KOC, couldn't Wiseman be that? Like, is it far fetched to think he could be that a year and a half from now?
1: I wouldn't say it's far fetched, but I think Aiton' his feel was higher yeah. coming out of Arizona. Like Aiton, mm-hmm. no, he's, he's older had, too, yeah, and he's always had an ability to contest and alter shots around the rim without falling. With James Wiseman, the feel for the game on the offensive end is not as high. Not, so not you know, and like that's a good thing and a bad thing for him to be with the Golden State Warriors. Because to your point was. That's a tough part with wise. I mean, He wasn't ready to do like the fast, you know, decision making, the passing immediately, and he may never be. But like the benefit of having a guy like that is the upside to be that eight and style player. I-, I think with them, they do have to really be careful here with not taking too much of a project. I don't love the idea of a Keon Johnson, a Davion Mitchell. I mean, at his age, 22 years old, a jun- red shirt junior coming out of Baylor, he's somebody who can help right away, but still provide upside down the line. Like if they don't trade the pick, that's the way they have to be looking at the situation here. And
0: and he's fucking tough too.
1: Oh yeah. I, he so will be
0: he would be an elite defender, I think, on the perimeter. Um hey Kyle, yes. if uh if if Wiseman was in this draft, what pick would he go?
2: Ooh. Oh gosh. I'd say five. Somewhere in there. Five. five I mean, I think people I'm just. I'm not saying like big board here. I'm just saying if I was guessing. I mean, what would be different a year later? I mean, if if he had played the exact same college season, and we were looking at it again. I, Koc,
1: where do you have him? If it's after what we saw with the Warriors, and in the draft? Well, we that's not how it works. Back in the draft. <laughs>
2: no, no no, <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: Hypothetical.
0: No, no, no. he's <laughs> no, no, no. We know he's what he at, did as
1: a rookie. Oh, yeah, so, we
0: right now he's back oh, in the draft. They made a new rule. He got to declare.
1: Then he's not going top ten.
2: No. Uh, wow. Okay.
1: Not going yeah. top ten.
2: Wow. Ten is extreme. I don't know.
1: Wow. No, maybe, maybe not top seven or eight. But wow. I don't think he. I don't think he go above Kaminga. I'm not so sure he'd go above even Mitchell, depending on like what those oh. team preferences are, but not top seven. Or eight, maybe not top ten. Oof.
0: This is bad for the Wiseman rookie cards.
1: The I mean, reason the the, I brought
0: the, it up, I was trying to figure out could they trade him like straight up for the third pick? Could they no. trade him straight up well, for the fourth nah. pick? Well,
1: that's what I'm thinking here. Like if you're the Pelicans with the tenth pick, you trading that for James Wiseman to pair of Wiseman with Zion. I'm not so sure. With the Kings at number nine, maybe the Kings would take him. The Kings mm. could make sense at number nine. Orlando at eight. I'm not sure with the amount of bigs that they have
4: right there. So maybe number nine at Sacramento. What about OKC at six? That would make a little bit more sense considering that team is kind of rudderless and it's just like Sam... I was about to call him Sam Hinkie. <laughs> <laughs> might as well now, was might a as well. Same Hakeem Presty, <laughs> because Sam Presty is kind of like yo. We're we're taking as many bites at the apple, or we hope to be the next disgruntled superstar uh, destination. You know, I'd be careful about this asset um, orgy that we're doing with the with the OKC <laughs> Thunder too, because I remember. When that Brooklyn trade happened for Boston, it was like assets, 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 assets. And then what does it turn into? Brad Stevens getting forced out as coach, although he got promoted. And you know, Brooklyn's a better team Dude, now than you. They went to three
1: out of four recent conference finals. And they have two of the best players yeah. under twenty-five oh, years old: yeah. Is Jason that what Tatum, Jalen Brown. Thank the, you, KOC. Yeah. <laughs> this was, I mean, yeah. yeah.
4: They got their coach fired. Here's the thing: I've been li- I've been living in Boston
1: this whole past year, and like it, it was a nightmare season for the Celtics. But they still have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Period.
0: This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I understand that some things you just want to keep private. Maybe it's something you don't want anyone to know, or maybe you think it's something minor, so why bother? But if you keep everything bottled up, if you let those emotions sit there and fester, it could be really, really bad from you. Sometimes it depends on what kind of family you're from. Like my dad's family is one of those. They bottle everything up, bottle everything up and then they all just get mad at each other. Listen, talking things through is more helpful than you think. If you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend some therapy. Think about the things you can get out of therapy. First of all, a sounding board, you can learn better coping skills. You can learn how to set some boundaries. Maybe how to empower yourself a little better day to day. And if you want to give therapy a try, well, I have an answer. BetterHelp, a convenient and flexible way since it's entirely online right now. It's easy to get started too. You can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bill Simmons today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Bill Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Robinhood. Is your money striking out when it comes to your financial future? You work hard for your money. Your money should work hard for you. Robinhood, pioneered commission free stock trading over a decade ago. And they continue to offer innovative products to help you maximize your money's potential. With over 23 million funded customers, Robinhood is helping people build a better financial future. With Robinhood, you can run up the score and make investments toward your future goals, like investing for retirement, finally getting those season tickets or visiting every football stadium in the country. As far as long-term investments, it's smart to have a game plan. A small amount invested now could make a big difference 30 years down the road. Up your financial game, take control of your future with Robinhood. Download the app or visit Robinhood.com slash Bill Simmons. That's me to learn more Robinhood.com slash Bill Simmons. Disclosure. Investing involves risk, and loss of principal is possible. Returns are not guaranteed. Other fees may apply. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker dealer. Simmons Orlando. Orlando has the fifth pick and the eighth pick, which in my mind means they have a pick to spare. Is the fifth pick for Ben Simmons a ridiculous trade?
2: For Orlando,
4: I don't... Probably for Philly, that's for what Philly. A good it is, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. I mean, maybe ben if they had Bo Bamba into that,
2: <laughs> I was to say Ben Simmons in Orlando. I just there's dissonance there. I mean, you assume Jonathan Isaac gets back, and his. I just don't. I don't know if that's the place for him. The reason like, I bring
0: that up is if I'm Philly and I don't like any of the possibilities I have, and Orlando's like, we will take Ben Simmons. He's he's uh, a huge asset. We'll take his contract trade you the fifth pick, we can actually absorb his contract because I think they're way under the cap. And then if you're Philly, you get rid of the contract, you get a huge trade exception, you have a fifth pick, and then you have the ability to use that fifth pick to go get what you want. How about so it's almost like a two step trade.
1: How about five and eight?
0: Five and eight for Simmons.
1: Yeah. So it have almost be or Simmons. That and, not enough? That feels not like sure. too much. It's kind of hard to figure out Ben Simmons' value, isn't it? I don't
4: think it's hard. too much. I, I, I don't think it's too much because Ben Simmons has already made three All-Star games, right? Like, Ben Simmons is still going to be a great defensive commodity. Theoretically, he's some great playmaker. I keep hearing people talk about Ben Simmons' playmaking. I'm like, ah, okay. All right. Hmm. We'll see at the next destination if this bears out. They, they keep saying the fit is clunky and, he, you know, he needs to play around more spacing and shooting, which... Doesn't exist in Orlando and never has. No. Um, like, we'll, we'll see, right? But like, Ben Simmons is a three time all star. You know, he's going to make all and be all defensive teams going forward. Five and eight, it probably isn't even enough for him, if we're being honest, for the production that he's going to give you. And, you know, specifically if you are. That's an
0: amazing trade for Philly. I would do that right now if I was Philly. If I get five and eight for Ben Simmons, I'm doing it. But they want to
4: win. Like, you get two rookies, I guess. If you want to flip those picks into something That's that what you i mean. Is, are going to be
0: valuable. But yeah, assets. Yeah, well, they're not going to win with Ben Simmons. They can't play him in the last six <laughs> minutes of a playoff game. I think Documented. part of the problem when people evaluate Simmons is there's two Ben Simmonses, right? There is a fast-paced, up-and-down game Ben Simmons, which he looks awesome in. And then there's what happens in the playoffs when it slows down. And he turns into, he's dribbling over half court, hands it to somebody and kind of wanders over into the corner and isn't seen again. And the I didn't even know this when we did the podcast on Sunday, but the stat of the three shots in seven fourth quarters, three shots total, is one of the most damning, terrible stats of all time. And it actually made me feel way worse about Doc Rivers. I was trying not to do blame Doc Rivers too much, but man, you look back at that series now and you think like, you... You have to tell that guy after game five, if you don't shoot, I'm not going to play you in the last nine minutes. I, I just can't. I can't afford to have you out there if you if we're going four on five. Like, sorry, I know you make 30 million in a year. I know you're represented by Clutch. I, I, we're trying to win the title. You can't do it. So he didn't. And I think that's how it got them in the conundrum. But five and eight for Simmons and Maxi starting to get a little more fair.
1: If I'm Philly, I honestly want a bit more there. I mean, like, I, I've been I've been the dude for five years now saying Ben Simmons shoots with the wrong hand and needs to switch. But you got to give it to the guy for turning into the defensive player that he has, like Waz said. And the the playmaking in the open court is sensational. In the half court, if he has the right pieces around him, I think there's a lot of ways you can get him going. Like you mentioned earlier, before the lottery happened, Waz, that he's not Draymond Green on defense. He's not defending, like, a Jokic down low. And you're right about that. But on offense, I really believe Simmons can be a supercharged version of Draymond Green, screening and rolling and dunking and making plays off the dribble for teammates. Like He's got to have a point guard who can do that for him. So if that happens in Philly, wonderful. If it happens somewhere else, I hope we see him in that role. And that's regardless of whether or not he ever switches hands or figures out how to become an average shooter. If that alone happens, I really think it would add some value to Ben Simmons in the half court and be able to activate some of that playmaking that right now just doesn't exist because he's just standing in the corner doing nothing.
0: Was would Portland trade McCollum for five and eight? They would. Hell yeah! <laughs> right. Mean, so we're trying to trade Simmons for McCollum. So then why isn't Simmons worth five? Eight? Like I'm trying. I'm trying to do a thought process. Well, because of-
4: because a lot of people would t- would say that McCollum is nowhere near enough compensation for Ben Simmons. Because McCollum is a very limited player in his own when you consider his size in the backcourt. And he scores. Yes, he's a great scorer, but he's not really um, proficient at anything else. Not to say that the type of scoring that he and he's provides 29. for you. And he's 29. Not to say that he would like, have he obviously helped them way more than Ben Simmons did in this Hawks series. That's That yes. goes without saying. But these players happen within a context, right? Like, these players don't exist in a vacuum. So Ben Simmons, yes, in this context, he looked like a pumpkin. But I think in another context, he could look like somebody who actually matters in this league again, because he has in the past. Like, what times when Joel didn't play.
3: How about,
0: I know Houston and Philly will never trade with each other, but Ben Simmons for the two-pick would be interesting, too. Where Philly gets Mobley back, Houston gets a star... The whole thing. I wouldn't do that if I was Houston, just for the record. I would, to me, Mobley and Cunningham, I'm not, I'm not moving off either. Well, they picks. didn't want
4: Ben Simmons for a dude who was partying with rappers while he was supposed to be at training camp.
0: <laughs> I know, but, but I was, I felt like they just didn't want to trade hard in affiliate. That is so they didn't, the that. they didn't want to give him that. They didn't want to give Daryl that. And they kind of moved it the other way. Um, so Orlando 5-8, they get to rebuild. OKC you'll stay at 6. And then, you know, so Toronto would be the only possible trade maybe with there with the four pick if they wanted to get good right away. I don't know what 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 would be a Toronto trade with the four pick OKC.
1: Um, I mean, maybe if it's not Simmons, uh, maybe we're talking about if Beal becomes available and you're putting more on the table with that pick. Uh, then we're talking, you know, another young player in there. But, but wouldn't that
0: tough. have to be Beal and Siakam, which Beals and Siakam and hey. the four? And then it's like Beals in the same it, crappy situation he was
1: in. It's tough there. And like, it, it, again, like I've mentioned the trade down idea, I love trade down so much. I think OKC. They're another trade-up candidate here. They're at number six. They have 18. They have, what? what is it, 36 first-round picks for uh, yeah. Sam Hinky Presty was, right? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, the OKC can put together as many picks as they want to and be like, hey, we'd love to move up to number three or maybe even number two. Like, I don't see why not. Oh, that would be interesting for Cleveland, right? If they yeah. could just drop from three to six. Oh, yeah.
0: And they get some Sam Presti treasure chest stuff. That
2: could work.
1: They're I'm better I don't,
0: Cleveland at 3. I don't I don't see them staying there for some reason.
2: They're better fits for Cleveland at 6. Uh there was one earlier. There was there was a possible trade situation that I thought could be interesting. Do you think Charlotte could use the glut of like big forwards, big defensive forwards in this draft and potentially use that pick to take a forward and then use like say PJ Washington to to address some of their needs that they have to sort of move them along? What oh, like do y'all think about that?
1: Player trade, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm into that.
2: Yeah, because I mean, there there are some guys like I mean, defensive guys like Garuba, and then obviously my guy Barnes. Uh, Kaminga Kaminga's is obviously not going to fall back there, but I mean, just 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 spitballing here, I think that they could be they could address some of their needs if they flip that. Uh, I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, the multiple people in the chat are suggesting Buddy Heal, the number nine for Simmons.
4: No. I need more. Why, why is he just shaking more. his head sadly? No, no, I need more because I need more because again, once I open the Simmons thing up to a bidding war, I'm getting more than that. Yeah. One hundred percent and get, am getting more more than that because at the end of the day, this is a talent acquisition business and people are talking tough and spreading all kinds of negative chatter about Simmons right now. And I think it's in team's best interest to be doing that in the media behind the scenes. Like, oh, no way, I'm trading for him now and blah, blah, blah. That's like setting the market (laughs) for a guy that everybody understands is immensely talented. And teams, no matter what they say, they're going to go with talent every single time. So I think Buddy Heald, a guy who the Kings kind of don't even want anymore, they feel like he they overpaid for him. I don't think he's enough. Although again, another guy who shoots it, and I think could, would would help Philadelphia. I think I think um, uh, Daryl Morey is gonna want more than that.
2: I think the A couple. Call- McCollum oh, and Buddy both aren't table setters. I think that you would run yep. into the same kind of thing you have with Seth. You need people that lean playmaking more. I was Hold thinking on, maybe now, if
4: they if they find a way to get Kyle Lowry in there, like all of this McConnell stuff and Buddy Hill stuff, that starts to make all yeah. the more sense because you have an adult in the room orchestrating an offense for you. You know, um, and and I'm I'm just you know I'm one of the biggest Kyle Lowry fans out there.
0: A couple of people in the uh, green room chat are saying. Presti's gonna go all in for Cade which would require trading up to the number mm. one pick
1: that would be fascinating I wonder so what, what does that
0: look like so ba- yeah. basically telling Detroit we'll, fl- we'll flip you six for one and we'll also give you blank 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 and blank <laughs> and okay see like the whole thing is wh- what's the point of having all these picks like you can't the Celtics were in you know the uh, the the very very poor man situation of this, where they had all these picks from like twelve to twenty two, and just year <laughs> after year, two three guys, and it's like this sucks. It's like we <laughs>
4: we, I would much rather have Austin Rivers than Bill. You know, I, I wish we could live in a world where OKC had to make all of these picks. I wish right, that was, was possible. possible. I freaking wish it was so they, possible. So
0: they could they could basically trade for hundred and fifty cents on the dollar. And just overwhelm Detroit yeah. with like some crazy offer, and and if you're Detroit, you're still picking six.
1: What if what if it's not six? What if it's a three way trade, and you and you have Detroit move to three for Cleveland spot, and then Cleveland moves down to the sixth spot that way. At three, Detroit could still get Jalen Suggs, still get their mm, playmaker to pair just, with Killian Hayes. You just
2: make it rain picks
0: after yeah, that. yeah, just
1: a whole bunch of picks going everywhere.
0: <laughs> Wait, well, let's talk this out. I like this. So, OKC has to. Flip spots with Cleveland, six and three. Yeah, and they throw in something else good. They give them the 18th pick. They give them one of their future first. There you go. Knock yourself out with that. Now they're at three, and then they can really put the hard press on Detroit. Mm-hmm. They, does it matter that Cade Cunningham, where he went to college, if you're OKC? Like I never understand with some parts so. of the country, it doesn't,
1: right? Oh, it shouldn't.
4: It might because those fans show up anyway. Like the OKC to fans the are going. In- it might matter to the people yeah, in the prairie, Bill. I've been told that they have different value sets than the rest of us do. So that might matter to those folks down in prairie country in Oklahoma. Uh, I don't know. It's
1: it's certainly not a bad it's thing. Ho-
4: it's hokey as hell. It, it, I mean, it, get the hell out of here. It, it that, might right? it might
1: matter to the fans, but it shouldn't matter to the front It shouldn't office. matter yeah. at yeah. all.
2: Now, when you get a talent like that, you take it. I, no, that's no. why I, I just don't think you you make all these moves to get an opportunity to take a player like Cade, who can be an all star. I think I can be, He can be an all NBA type guy. Well, talk I, I talk
0: me through Cade and Shea. It works together as a backcourt. I mean, that's that's pretty nice.
2: It's. I mean, it's going to be. They're going to shoot up the league pack past rankings. I can tell you that. I mean, that like they can absolutely play together. They balance each other. Um, but that's the thing about Kate is like he fits in these three guard lineups. People underrate him too as a defender. Like I, I think that, and they have enough. Just kind of like wild. Like he, he's going to make Poku better. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think that's. uh if they were going to make a trade like KOC suggested, I mean, you could also throw in like Basley and tail Maladon. That could be interesting. I personally wouldn't do it, though, just ultimately because I think Kate is just such a special floor-raising talent. I, I think that you you wait to get players like this if you're Detroit. I would. Why would you pass that up? I-, I wouldn't come off the pick if I were them. I would...
0: I'm always for just grab the guy, but I do think this is a unique situation with OKC, where they could... Overwhelm somebody and really make them thinking if you're Detroit, what are your assets? Your assets are Jeremy Grant, maybe Killian Hayes, maybe Isaiah Stewart. What else? What am I your, missing? Your own picks. And your own picks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really not, it.
1: Not much else.
0: Um, all right. So before we go, Waz, I think we learned over everything else that maybe don't trade D'Angelo Russell. Don't oh, trade Ford D'Angelo for yeah. <laughs> Russell with a future top three
4: protected pick that
0: yeah. maybe don't do that. Or um, maybe
4: don't twist your franchise in knots to accommodate a dude who's never even gotten you an eighth seed ever in his life once. I I think we also learned <laughs> that
0: when your best star quits on you, it's better off trading him and then completely tanking the season. Yep. And now if you're Houston, you end up with the second pick in the draft yep. for this weird Harden season, 72-game year. He didn't want to be there anymore. Um, I still didn't like the trade they made, but you could argue considering they kept the pick. And that it's important
4: out. to say, Bill, like all the hand-wringing we all did about the it was nasty what Harden did in the beginning of the season to get himself out of Houston. But like Harden staying there if they just played hardball and kept them there and what is happening to the team right now, this is a better outcome for them. Period. Mm. I still is. think
0: Kyle, you, you agree that, uh, it's just more fun if Harden got
2: traded to Philly. I think this whole season's more fun. Oh my, God. Fun. So oh my fun. God. I can't imagine. It's yeah. So, offensively. It's so much more fun. Yeah. It would, it would solve all their problems and it would have, it would have elevated them. I mean, it, hard to pick against them, honestly, if you think about what they mm-hmm. would be both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wish Maybe that it, it would happen. have
0: rejuvenated Ben Simmons. Who knows?
1: So then they could have had two guys hurt instead of one.
3: Uh,
0: man, KOC. <laughs> I thought You're Waz was the party poop. Negative <laughs> Nancy.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, before we go, we have uh, Hawks-Bucks Eastern Conference Finals.
4: Kind of I'm a already, surprise, I'm, I'm surprising already
1: combo. I'm go ahead, let's right hear Was.
4: Oh, the, the Hawks are going to the finals. Ooh. They're going to the finals. <laughs> they're going to the finals. Like, you guys watched that Bucs offense, the same one that I did. And nobody thought Brooklyn was a competent defensive team all year long until they magically ran into a Bucs playoff offense. Voila, they're competent at defense. And I think the Hawks offense... Is more dynamic, more sophisticated than what just KD and Harden on one leg could offer as far as what they could do, you know, against the Bucks defense. So I think they're gonna get stops, and I think Trey Young is gonna carry the day and they're gonna go to the finals because the Bucks half court offense has been putrid for the whole playoffs.
0: That would be an unbelievable. Turn of events. I, <laughs> I, I want to talk myself into it so badly. I won money on Atlanta in round two. I had a Bucks Hawks parlay. The, the Bogdanovich piece. I can't wrap Self. my head around. So if if you tell me he was healthy, I'd actually be all in on the Hawks upset pick. But not only is he not healthy, it doesn't seem like there's light at the end of the tunnel with that one. And then they lose Hunter too, and. It just feels like... It's, but, Bill, it's...
4: hold on, hold on, Bill. They want to play their nonsense drop coverage all freaking game. Trey Young is the best floater in all of basketball. That shot is going to be wide open for him basically all series long because mm. of the way Milwaukee wants to guard everybody because they insist on playing Brooke Lopez 50 minutes a game. I just like the matchup for the Hawks. I really do. What do you think, KFC?
1: I think the Bucs are going to win this, but it's definitely going to be competitive to Waz's point. Like this Hawks team is no joke. The Bogdanovich injury hurts them a lot and I'd give them a better chance if they had that. But you know, I think the Bucs are going to win this series maybe in five or six. They just have more overall talent. Giannis, can be unbelievable in this matchup. And for the Milwaukee Bucks, I hope we see them make some tweaks to what they're doing on defense laws. <laughs> I mean, if, there's, if it's going to happen, this is a series to do it for it's sure. It's like a
4: broken clock with these cats. <laughs>
2: <man>. <laughs> what do you think, Kyle? Uh, I think a few things. A, uh, imagine Bogdan Bogdanovich on the Milwaukee Bucks. I think about that all the time. Uh, mm. Think also about the fact that the Bucs are going to punish them in some ways that Philly wasn't able to consistently. I think Giannis, Bill, I remember I told you I thought that Giannis would average 40 against the Nets. I, I think he's going to give them a lot of problems in, in that sense. Uh, C, I think that the Bucs are not getting enough credit for... They did figure some stuff out in regulation at the in that Game 7 against the Nets. They started to run some things and get into a rhythm that worked. I mean, it wasn't fluid and and firing all cylinders, but I mean, it did, they did get some stuff going. I, I, but I also agree with KOC. I think it's going to be a close competitive series, but I'm still going to go with the Bucks. I was shocked by how easily Giannis was creating
0: stuff on the left block. And then more shocked that Bud just wasn't going to it every time. Cause it seemed like that was the first time I was really like, wow, this is actually unstoppable. He's either drop stepping into the, the, and getting a layup or a dunk. He's going into the paint and doing a jump hook, or they have to double team him, and he's finding somebody, and then they would run the next play for like Chris Middleton into two guys, and you'd be like, "What happened to the Giannis play (laughs) that just got you another layup?" Where maybe he was too tired, I don't know. Um, I do like a Kongwu, whose name I'll never be able to say. I'm sorry, it's it's my you just uh, said it. That's good. uh, That was exactly right, right. Speech dyslexia. I was really impressed by him in in round two. And I do feel like they have dudes to throw at Giannis. Like it's not going to be a walk in the park for him against, uh, against the Hawks. I'm way more worried about the perimeter stuff with the Hawks. If Bogdanovich can't do stuff. Cause I do think that that was the biggest reason that series kept going even before he got hurt was just, you know, it's just so nice to have the two ball handers. Uh, I don't trust Lou Williams. I still think he's one of the worst playoff players of my lifetime. (laughs) Maybe he has a chance to flip that. Um, Worse than Dexter Pittman. Wow! What happens?
1: (laughs) What what
0: happens for an Atlanta Los Angeles final? Oh man! Um, I mean, just from off the court, what what? what we're is America to, capable of with Atlanta and we, Los
4: We're going to have to talk about COVID NBA I was finals say a COVID. Uh, travel restrictions off Mike Bill Simmons if that's the case. <laughs> Listen now, we're going to have to get into that if and, and, and we get that somehow. <laughs> Woo! That's a media dream right there, bro. You get to go back and forth between Atlanta and Los Angeles. Woo! We, you be- know what's crazy? The, the clips,
0: home court goes through the clips now. Right, isn't that what it is? Like, no matter what happens, if they win, if they can beat Phoenix, I think home did court goes to the West. Did they a better record than the
1: Bucks? I think they did. Wow, is that isn't that true? Yeah, or am the, I crazy? Cl- the Clippers were forty-seven and twenty-five. The Bucks were forty-six and twenty-six. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so the West is going to host one, two, five, and seven. So obviously, I'm rooting for the Clips because the finals will be uh, right where we are. All right, hey, this was really fun. Um, what an action-packed lottery! I was—I actually like—got <laughs> discombobulated. I, teams were jumping, they were flying around. Uh, Waz, Kyle KOC? Great to see you! Thanks to everybody on Green Room and on Twitter and on YouTube. You can hear uh, the full the full episode on my podcast much later tonight, um, and we will see you next time. All right, that's it for the podcast. We have one more coming on Thursday. Thanks to House and Waz and KOC and Kyle. Thanks to nephew Kyle, the producer of this podcast. Kyle Creighton. See you on Thursday. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. What you use in your personal care routine matters, so upgrade your lineup with Dr. Squatch. They have high-performing natural products with no harmful ingredients. That'll have you looking and smelling your best, like their Wood Barrel Bourbon Bar Soap and Lotion or their Bay Rum Deodorant. They even have some limited edition soaps like their Avengers and Star Wars collections. Those seem like they'd be fun to try. And right now, They have an amazing offer for new customers. Get 20% off your first purchase of any amount or subscription order by going to drsquatch.com slash Simmons or use the code Simmons at checkout.